Welcome everyone to the Rosecut February market update. I'm joined by Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, hi. Good to be with you. All good. Interesting times in in, in markets. Very volatile. Um, I think the new year has brought a different market regime. We're in this kind of wide trading range, um, which I don't expect to, to come to an end anytime soon. Yes, I, I remember in the December uh, version of this call, we talked about being cautious going into a new year. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we've now seen the US stock market uh, hit correction territory, which is a 10% drop from its uh, peak. The non-US markets, so the UK, Europe, even emerging markets, they are doing better. Uh, one risk out there that is on people's mind right now is uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation. Uh, which I don't think either has much insight into (laughs) how that will eventually finish. It's having a direct impact on markets in the sense that it's pushed up the price of oil, which adds to inflation. It's another issue for people to to worry about. I mean, it's it's the closest potentially that big powers have come to some sort of confrontation in decades. So there there is this quite, quite grave strategic risk in the background. And I think it's it's sort of foolish for us to try and forecast events in, in and around Ukraine. I think what we can comment on is the extent to which markets have have priced it in. And you know, the oil price is, is one key indicator, the, the Russian stock market is another. And I think the overall risk is that the, the situation in Ukraine combined with what's happening with inflation and, and different pronouncements from, from the Fed. Um, is driving risk appetite lower. Uh, and typically, I think in markets, when you have big sell-offs like we saw in January, and January was actually the worst start to the stock market uh, of any year, going back in the last 70, 80 years, markets often come back and they kind of retest or they come close to the lows. So I wouldn't rule out a bit more volatility in, in the next couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, the inflation topic is one that we touched upon last month. Uh, but I think we can keep on going with it because it is such a big issue. Right now, the big impact is, is on the consumer. Uh, so while the Fed is trying to talk down inflation by saying we're going to bring in a lot of interest rate hikes, what we're essentially seeing already is real wage growth. So wages after inflation is now negative. The wealth effect from people feeling rich as stocks and crypto went up, that's gone. Uh, and now we're seeing some of the consumer sentiment surveys uh, falling off as people get a bit more nervous about the future and uh, uh, that will impact on economic growth and potentially bring down inflation uh, in the future um, despite all of the way that it's calculated uh, and stuff like owner's equivalent rent the mechanism for calculating inflation might mean it doesn't come down as quickly as people expect. Yeah, and and I think what what this has done, it's done a number of things. One, people actually have to pay higher prices, and that's leading governments to to respond to try and dampen energy costs. It's leading to unrest in some quarters. I think the risk for central banks is that if inflation continues to be high, it gets sticky, and it's very hard to to reverse, and you, you get almost a structural element. And that's why we're beginning to see some urgency now in parts of the Fed that they need to move quickly. Some people talking about five, six rate hikes this year, even a dramatic 50 basis point rate hike in March at the the Fed meeting. And I think as investors, the kind of things we would look for in terms of stress would be, you know, are we seeing periphery bond deals rise in Europe? Are we seeing, importantly, 
credit stress in broader markets, credit spreads widening, high yield spreads beginning to widen as well. So for, for me, that's the crucial factor because in the time since the, the COVID market collapse, we haven't really seen a reappearance of credit risk. And I think if that, if that happened, that would, would have contagion across broader markets. Yes, it, it's true. Uh, the amount companies pay to borrow money, so the credit uh, side of things, as, as you mentioned, that's really not showing the same signs of stress as the equity markets. So it's unlikely the Fed's going to move yet. I've seen people talk about the uh, idea that the Fed is trying to almost thread a needle here because it's such a, a, a difficult job they've got. They're trying to bring down inflation on the one hand, but on the other hand, we're also seeing bond markets starting to price in the potential for recession in a year or two's time. And this is determined by looking at the difference between the yield on short-dated bonds and long-dated bonds, which has historically been a, a reliable indicator. The problem the Fed has is they've got to bring down inflation by raising interest rates, but if they raise them too much, they potentially cause a recession, which means that they get criticised again. This is why the, the Fed is, is so criticised that they are, people use the phrase, they, they're behind the curve. And what that means is that they should really have tightened or certainly maybe stopped doing aggressive asset purchases some months ago, even a year ago. Whereas now the fact that they're forced to catch up with inflation and make some potentially dramatic policy action could mean that they jeopardize the overall recovery and tight too hard and then you get you, you begin to kill off growth. So it's the, the Fed have, have really painted themselves into a corner. I think the same is true with some of the other central banks as well. Notably in Europe, the ECB seemed to be very cool on the on, on the prospect that inflation is a is any kind of problem. Yeah. So to end the uh, update on a more positive note, <laughs> whilst we can see within the market some sectors such as those concentrated on the consumer have been suffering, uh, the position that we took in November 2020 in the energy and value ETFs have really performed very strongly. It, it um, was a really good move, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's really helping to insulate the client portfolios from the uh, overall market moves. So uh, you know, I was looking at some of the stats earlier and most of them are down 2 or 3% year to date. Whereas, you know, the markets, well, the US market is down 10% more. So our positioning looks okay. Uh, and I think we'll probably be running with a, a similar position with respect to equities for some time. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, uh, thank you for thank joining you us over my chat, but I'm sure in the coming weeks. So I look forward to, to, to catching up again in a couple of weeks' time. Great. Thank you, Mike. Okay, thanks then. Bye-bye.